What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus that just happens to be your favorite feminist's favorite podcast. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I am money, and I don't have no ad lib today. I'm just money. What? Yeah, I can't think of anything. Oh, come on. You know you're uh, money moet. <laughs> That is not my name. All right. If I'm Nikita Alize, then you got to be Money Moet. I thought it was supposed to be Money Doucet and Nikita Alize. Uh -uh, Because you like like alliteration, so it's Moet. No, I don't like Moet. And it's nasty. It sounds nasty. No. I feel like it actually uh, captures who you are. I feel um, misbeveragerized. Okay, that's not even a thing. (laughs) Okay, so you're a basic money. You have no uh, cute little moniker today. That's fine. That's okay. No cute moniker. And, but I am Nikita, the haircut hottie. <laughs> All right. Let's drop it. You don't have anything to say about my haircut and how cute it is? How no, good it looks? I have nothing, nothing to say about your haircut. Money, I think that you do. I think there are some things you need to say about it. Don't be shy. You you got one in 2020. Wow. Okay. Yes. Oh, I guess you're going to be money the hater. All right. Well, drop that motherfucking <laughs> intro. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vow to sight, my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sister, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You're amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration, and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love, you love, All right, Nikita, do you want to tell the folks where they can um, find this podcast? You know, how to listen to us and stuff? You know, I love to tell uh, the folks where they can find us. So you can find us in a number of ways in the social meds streets. So first, I'm going to start with Instagram and Twitter, where our handles uh, are the same. At Queerwalk P O D, and you can also find us on the Book of Faces, also known as Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Queer W O C P O D, and you can also find us on Tumblr, where this whole shebang began, and that is Queerwalk.com. It's if you want to send us something. Longer, you know, if you're on your Aaliyah hashtag four page letter, you want to send us something, you know, with some length, some girth, some oomph, some okay. zhuzh. Okay. okay, you can you can feel free to send that right on over to our Gmail, which is queer w o c p o d at gmail dot com. You just live for this, and where can they listen? They can listen to us on Castbox, Pocket Cast, Stitcher. 
SoundCloud, and all of the other major uh, podcast platforms except for Spotify. Okay, so money, you and Mm -hmm. I have the esteemed privilege and honor to be the co-host of this program. But, but it's not just, you know, we could, like I said, like I normally say, you know, if you and I were just going to kiki in your living room, we could do that and that would be fine. But that would, you know, but that would not lead us to have a community, right? So can you Mm -hmm. tell the Queer Walk listeners how they can become a part of and participate in this here illustrious, esteemed, insurgent Queer Walk community? Are you done? Are you done? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you all can contribute to Queer Walk in one of two ways, one of two major ways. Um, The first way is by loving us out loud and doing the R's. You can rate us on whatever um, podcast app you listen to us on. Review us on those. Uh, Request a topic or a Queer Walk of the Week. Repost the episodes when we post them. Put us in your stories on all the things. Retweet and reply. Like, we be wanting to know what y'all be up to. So, reply. You can also use the hashtag QueerWOC or QueerWOCPOD on all the things. The second way to contribute to the Queer Walk community is giving the bread. (laughs) Opening your wallets and giving us your hard-earned money. Or your pocketbook. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. No, do people still carry pocketbooks? For the people in a different generation, I might say yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you know, we're all inclusive in terms of gener. This is an intergenerational community. It really is an intergenerational program. So, program, if you will. So maybe people <laughs> still got pocketbooks. All right. Um, well, open that purse, pocketbook, or change purse. And <laughs> <laughs> Donate. Uh, you can do, give a single time donation at Cash App, which is dollar sign Queer Walk Pod P O D, or you can become a monthly contributor. Also, what we like to call a sustainer. A sustainer. Patreon.com slash Queer Walk Pod P O D, and that money just helps us uh, keep the mics on um, and the audio. Uh, equipment running with all of our struggles that we've had <laughs> and and keep uh, queerwalk.com alive that's right all right all right well i'm gonna move us on along to the queer walk queer walk queer walk of the week you fucked that up that was you. You was you true. hesitated. You hesitated. I always do, so we can get on the same beat. Your beat. Ma- exactly. Who who's other? Who else's beat? I'm sorry, massive money. Anyway, oh maybe that should have been my moniker. <laughs> <laughs> oh. In all right. In front of my Black History Month. <laughs> Speaking of Black History. Um, this week's Queer Walk of the Week is <laughs> um, writer, producer, uh, all things film extraordinaire, D. Reese. Yes. I can't believe um, we've never had D. Reese be the Queer Walk of the Week before. 
Yeah, because you know, you really love you a film baddie. So that really is right up my alley. It is. Um, so I actually picked uh, D as Queer Walk of the Week because the Oscars just happened. And I think that has to do with uh, movies, some movies, mostly TV. No, you're right. Movies. Oh, what's the other one that's mostly TV? Tony's. No, okay. no money. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? The t- TV is Emmys and Golden Globes. Tony is Emmys. Bro- Tony's <laughs> are Broadway. That's okay. Oh. You have, um, you know what, Martin? You have so many other gifts that it's okay. I, you, I actually love these moments because it's like, I am smart as fuck. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I know, but also I am <laughs> an airhead. So I'm <laughs> 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 oh, it's like, uh, I don't know. I'm it's only it's only extremes with me. I'm either brilliant or I know nothing. I mean, <laughs> but the I mean the reality is though that this is just like it's like a cultural phenomenon that you're just not into. Like these I, yeah, these I awards. Don't watch yeah. At all. Not at all. <laughs> it's like I've I've gone back and forth between um being like an old white lady like I, I was really into this stuff when I was like a teenager because yeah that explains a lot because I was very hip and cutting edge as you can see because why else would a young black queer be into <laughs> but the Tonys alabaster white uh award shows <laughs> but nonetheless yeah. anyway back to D <laughs> so so um yeah the Oscars just happened and uh, Jenna Wortham of the Still Processing podcast, shout out to Still Processing, wrote an amazing article on um, D for the New York Times. And so those two combinations and it being Black History Month and her being a Black History maker, I was like, let's go ahead and give D Reese Queer Walk of the Week. So I'm going to I'm just going to highlight a few things that, you know, make her a baddie. A lot of y'all might know who Dee Reese is um, from her, oh, I don't know what year Pariah came out, but she is the writer and director, producer behind Pariah, which is like a queer classic. Right. Um, also NAACP Image Award winner for Outstanding Motion Picture. And it was included on the list of best films of the past decade at the end of 2019. That's high so, praise right there. High praise. High praise. So And deserved, most importantly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Everybody talks about Pariah like it's a sad movie. I thought it was a really, like, hopeful movie. I, I love the end of Pariah. I thought it was a... I think it's a good coming of age young queer film, and for yeah. anybody who regularly listens, um, they y'all know we love coming of age stuff over here. Love it. Uh, so D can also add to her list of accomplishments, um, being a writer. She has writing credits on Empire. Uh, if anybody is still watching that, shout out to you. Uh, uh, you're really, 2000- really holding something down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2017, Dee released her next uh, full-length film, Mudbound, 
which I think a lot of folks heard about, starring Mary J. Blige. Uh, it was a drama about the lives of a black family and a white family who were uh, both working the same plot of land in Mississippi uh, in the 1940s. And y'all know how Nikita loves a black period. Piece, I'm about to so. say. <laughs> Mudbound got four Oscar nominations, so that's the movie awards, right? Nailed it. Okay, including Best Adapted Screenplay, making her the first black woman to be nominated in that category. Wow. In in how many years of of the Oscars, you know? Jeez Louise. Yeah, so... And I, she's like, what, 42, 43? I bet so she's, she's only in her early 40s. Yeah. Um, so most recently, her latest project is going to be... Oh, that's another reason, because uh, this is happening the weekend this drops. Uh, her latest project is going to be on streaming on Netflix on February 14th. Um, and it's called The Last Thing He Wanted, starring Anne Hathaway and Ben Affleck. Um, and she said that she wanted to uh, do something different, like show how versatile she could be. Mm. Um, basically, that means doing a film for the whites. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for so that. Last... Thank you for that queer walk translation, money. <laughs> I mean, you know, all the other movies, you know, bliggity black. And so, you know, uh, the last thing he wanted is an adaptation of a 1996 novel. And it's about an American journalist who is investigating like um, illegal gun sales between America and Central America during the Reagan uh, administration. Oh, wow. So sounds like it's going to be action packed. (laughs) 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 Okay. And the the last, uh, I guess, highlight that I want to, um, to note about D is upcoming. So I'm really excited about this and reading about it in um, Jenna's article. So right now, uh, Reese is uh, wrapping up a futuristic opera titled The Kid's Exquisite Follies, starring Santa Gold. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, So The Kid's Exquisite Follies, or Follies for short, is a screenplay that Reese has been working on for a long time, but she describes it as the journey of a young black androgynous musician played by Santa Gold living in a small town who sets off for it city in search of stardom. And she said, it's kind of like if uh, Andre 3000 was like tripping on acid. That's the visual. (laughs) So so I'm so hype about that. Um, Yeah. I just, I just think it's going to be like uh, the whiz, but with a musician who's trying to make it. It's so, it, I just feel like she's hitting on everything we love. Coming of age, period pieces. And you know how we feel about three stacks. Yes. Um, I'll, I will see this musical. You know, I'm not usually a fan of musicals. Yeah. But An opera? Wow, that's, that's exciting. Futuristic opera. All right, I'm down. I'm sold. Yeah. So, um, so for all of your on-screen, behind-the-camera, and writing... Excellence. We celebrate you, D, as Queer Rock of the Week this week. Yeah, shout out to D Reese. Yes. And if y'all haven't seen Pariah, Mudbound, um, or her uh, new film that's going to be streaming on Netflix, The Last Thing He Wanted, check those out. Please do. Oh, and I'll put the link to the article that Jenna Wortham wrote in the description to this episode. 
Okay. All right, Nikita, let's move it on along to community contributors. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you about to sound like that WB frog in a minute. <laughs> oh, where, 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 where? I, <laughs> I need to learn how to scat for this. Um, um I, I'm going to say a strong, hard no <laughs> on that. Okay. Strong and hard. You always shut down my um some my dreams. Some things just need to be uh shut down. Do you want to shout out the new patrons and then I'll say thank you to the don- donations? Yes. So, um shout out to Kiafa, the homie, who <laughs> who is who has rejoined us as a patron. Thank you. Thank you, Kiafa. Thank you for um Still, still holding us down. You know I love you. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I have like a list of people that I want to thank. <clears throat> okay. So last episode, I asked for help. I asked for help in getting my mom to my dissertation defense, which will be on March 6th. Uh, and... Y'all showed up and showed out. Um, I j- so I have a whole list of people who um, came through for me. And I want to thank y'all again because I tried to get back to everybody um, as the donations were coming in. And again, I can't tell y'all how much it means to me. It's like truly life changing. Like th- y'all just changed the whole experience of my defense by allowing my mama to be there. So thank you. So shout out to Megan, Jenneth. And Romo, the homies. Nicole, Diedrich, also the homie. Dune, Lacey, Amanda, Aaron, Emmett, Fola, Jan, Dominique, Sam, the homie from Interhole Uprising, uh, part of the BBB. Uh, Monique's, Zena, Cassandra, Liali, Elizabeth, Carla, Crystal, Mary Mar, Tyrone, Widleen, the homie. The homie. <laughs> Bernadette, Sarah, and I couldn't remember if I shouted out Kylan, so I'm just gonna say it again. Thank you, thank you to all of y'all uh, for your generous donations and allowing me to have this like once in a lifetime opportunity to have my mom at my defense. I mean, people really showed up and showed out. That is so amazing. That's just they huge. Really did. Yeah, she, you know, she flying Delta Comfort instead of Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not Delta Comfort. Okay. Wow. Won't the community do it? They they really will. I, um, you know, I won't I won't get in to any more thank yous because I don't want to cry on this mic. But I don't want to cry. All right. Okay, we don't need that. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm gonna do. The small town shout outs now. You're going to do all of them? No, you just did the donations to yourself. I don't care. I don't care. You know, this is my favorite way to let people know that I'm terrible at geography. Well, let me say it. And then you're like, and then you can regale them with how little you know about geography. Okay, that sounds great. So this week... (laughs) 
for the small town shout outs we have Hendon UK Hendon I don't, I don't know what that is I'm sure it's that's lovely. not in the United States it's the UK and we also it's not in the United States as I said like I've already said this is my third time the UK anyway <laughs> moving on <laughs> to <laughs> to Renton or Renton Washington, don't know what goes on there. Renting, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm sure it's great. They and, obviously paying rent. Okay, that's a terrible, piss poor <laughs> pun. <laughs> Rapidly moving right along to Elk Ridge, Maryland. Where's Elk Ridge at? It's on the ridge of the elk. Okay, it's right there. And we also elk have ridge. to give an honorable mention to Buffalo. Buffalo, y'all never been in the top city, so that's so great. And it's, you know, another upstate city, as Money would say, tough buff. I was going to say it. I'm sitting right here. Like, I could have said it myself because I don't say it like tough tough buff. But you didn't do it, though. Because you begged to do the small town shout out. No, I didn't. I I didn't beg. I just (laughs) did it. I I did what had to be done. Okay. Are you done? Are you done? So I know, I know that Buffalo is not a small city because um, Rihanna performed in Buffalo. She did not perform in Syracuse. So, uh, <laughs> wow. I know population wise, Buffalo is bigger. It's, I think it's the second largest city besides New York after New York. I it's, mean, yeah, it's also almost Canada. So take that geography. Good job, money. <laughs> <laughs> let's move along to the letters so okay the first one we have is from Ren and Ren says hey y'all I'm so glad y'all are back with the new episode this was such an amazing episode I especially loved hearing about the student organizing at SU Syracuse University um, both of your activism in the past and what you're doing now to be in solidarity with undergrads. Oh, so this was after episode 77. After episode 77. Thank you. Yeah. Stories like these are so important to tell, especially when narratives get so warped in mainstream media. I have some comments also about Money's Curved Chronicle. As a thin person who is dark-skinned, black, queer, and trans, I definitely feel the questions you've been asked by prospects are fatphobic. I've had sex with other folks of various genders and sexualities, and I've never been asked those questions. I do, however, ask them of cis men. The overall record of hygiene is inconsistent, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) So just like as a refresher for folks, first of all, you should go back and listen to episode 77, Kent Severu, Gotta Go. Um, We were talking about hashtag not again SU and kind of why we were off of schedule of our usual programming uh, because of the campus movement. And my Curve Chronicle was about getting asked whack-ass questions uh, from folks that I had been, like, intimate with or dated about hygiene and that I, w- I was trying to get clarity on if I- if y'all thought it was fatphobic. So thank you for, like, affirming that it actually is right. fatphobic, right? Like, yeah. yeah, this isn't something that's just in money's head. Um, yeah. So, and is this the episode where you had, I think you also had just gotten back from National Women's Studies Association? 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that and that was in the bag. So that's important for the next part of the letter. So Rand okay. goes on to say, I did want to comment on cutie pox spots in the bay. I live in Seattle and I've spent enough time in San Francisco to know it is notoriously white and that many black Indian people of color folks have been pushed to the East Bay, deep into Oakland or even further out to Sacramento. The queerdos are there, but many of the hangouts are exclusive. Uh, let's just call them insular as fuck. And you need to know someone to find the spots. And yeah. I know, and I know this from Brown friends who are from San Francisco or have lived in the Bay for several years. Thanks for sharing your tough experiences, money. I'm so sorry you've had to deal with people who aren't actively tracking and combating their biases. I hope 2020 is filled with cuties who do more than walk up to you at conferences and say you're fly, then disappear into the crowd. <laughs> Thanks. Nikita, I'm looking forward to your thesis comparing and contrasting classic <laughs> and contemporary rhythm and blues with American country music. And I think in that episode, I was prattling on about how much I love Dolly Parton. Anyway, <laughs> Ren closes out and says, thank y'all so much for a great year of woes and wins. I appreciate your love for each other and your dedication to justice and the liberation of all oppressed peoples and love and blackness. Thank you, Aww. Ren. Thanks, Ren. That was such a thoughtful letter. It was. That was so sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That makes sense about, like, stuff in um, the Bay being insular. I, f- I feel the same way about stuff on this coast. It's like you got to know somebody to know what's happening. Yeah. Um, Which makes it really hard to find community. Um, and you know, you show up to these events that get publicized and you be the only black person. So, yeah. I mean, you have any, I feel like that's something we've talked about here locally. It's like, there's no spot. There's as right now, there's no one spot where like queer people of color are hanging out. So we're like, it's gotta Mm -hmm. be in somebody's house. You know, there's gotta be some untapped community, you know, that you have to know somebody to like have access to. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alrighty. So, mm-hmm. Money, you want to take it away with the next letter? Yes. Oh no! Wait, we're giving uh, we're mm-hmm. giving a pseudonym, right? Yeah. Um, because the person who wrote this letter didn't explicitly say we could like use their name. We're going to give them a pseudonym, and we're just gonna do that when y'all write us in for you know confidentiality purposes. <laughs> um. Is if you don't explicitly say we can use your name or a nickname, we'll give you a pseudonym. Right. I can't think of a name. Let's go with Daphne. Daphne. Okay. Oh, no. That's from Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Okay. Daphne writes, greetings from the left coast. Oh, another West Coast listener. That's the left, right? Oh, yeah. yes. Ah, geography. Z- uh, zero, money, two. Okay. <laughs> Those numbers are deeply inflated, but go ahead. (laughs) Daphne writes, I have been anxiously awaiting your synopsis of all things that went down at SU. I refuse to get my info from anywhere else but y'all first. With that said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to give us the full rundown of events, the historical aspects, the present situation, the call to action, and viable solutions. It deepens the understanding by having information from an informed place. Aw, you're welcome. We try. Thank you, Money, for being who you were in that space at that time and every day that you are there working on your greatness. 
you brought up such a salient point that I want to really drop into what you said and did and carry it forward into my own activist work. You said that they didn't need you to lead the charge. Um, They just needed you to keep the distorters of truth at bay and really just hold space for the students. I think that sometimes we get caught up working for these institutions and feel so helpless and drained by their soul-crushing regime. But... But what you did was exactly what we need to be doing while we're in these systems. Holding space for those who can and will lead the charge. Holding space so others can grow, flourish, and overturn what's not working. Like, maybe that's the point of who we are in all of this. Space holders. They send warriors out in the battlefield. And in that field, people like us, we hold space for our fellow warriors to re-up. Next, another point. Oh, and that was... Uh, still in reference to Not Again SU, I encourage y'all to check out the hashtag and episode 77 to hear more about what was happening at SU and what is continuing, the ongoing <laughs> um, racism and white supremacy on campus. Next, another point that bubbled up to the surface for me was how awesome the black and POC student bodies answered the call. Now, I know younger generations get called all kind of disparaging things. I'm a Gen Xer. We have a whole ass song about how whack we are, but I don't believe in throwing shade to those that come up behind us because it's the next ones that have shed some of my baggage and can navigate space with just a little less weight. I think of the term entitlement and how these young folks do tend to act that way. However, in the instance at SU, those students felt entitled to have a safe and equitable learning experience and organized with that entitlement in mind. And look at all they were able to do. Lastly, Money, I saw you were quoted in the New York Times for better or worse. (laughs) You still in there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And lastly, I'm so mad I missed you in San Francisco. But to answer your question, we out here lurking. Spaces have been overrun by the pale frails. Not the pale frails. (laughs) (laughs) But we keep finding little sanctuaries here and there. Don't give up on the POC queer scene in the Bay yet. Hope you both are staying warm and safe over there. Thank you for all that you do. What was it? Daphne? Thank you, Daphne. Thank you, Daphne. Uh, Nikita, you was here too. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting some kind of amusement out of that. It's, it was just funny. Uh, um, I think... I think what's happening is like something that we talk about a lot is just like the ways that we don't want to be defined by the institution, but how the institution ends up defining us. And so it's like, I think you were, you were just as like supportive, instrumental, um, strategic in not again SU, but I think because I'm like still a student or like still enrolled that, Um, that my, I don't actually think I was, and I think that that's okay, honestly. You know what I mean? Because it's like that's not, that's not where my, that's not where I have put my own personal energies, time, and capacity, and towards organizing locally. So I think I think that that's fine. Okay, okay. I don't know. You were a support for me during that, and I guess I just I don't want to like write you out of that. And mm-hmm. also, 
I don't know. I think uh, after that, you know, I got really down thinking about uh, what we experienced during TGB. And I just think about how a lot of people get not remembered because they're not doing the quote unquote like sexy activism. Mm -hmm. Like everybody who showed up bringing blankets, everybody who made food, like all that stuff is still to me instrumental to the movement. And so, I mean, I don't want to devalue what you're saying. Like, sure, that's not where your focus was, but I, you were in my corner and it fucking matters. Oh, so. of course. I'm always in your corner. Even. I don't know about always. Even when you get on my nerves. All right. Our next letter <laughs> is from. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, this one's going to be from Maris. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Do you want to read it or you want me to read it? No, I'm going to read I it. Think- no, I think I could give it. Maris no, writes. You you just read the other one. Hi, money. <laughs> anyway. Maris. No, no, Nikita can read these emails too. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, just in case people don't know, um, we both have a password to the <laughs> to the email. Okay. Anyway, Maris writes. Um, so Maris is also responding to the to money being in the bay. Uh, that episode. Um, so my, money Maris writes this week's episode once again was fire. I always learn so much and your humor is priceless, making me anticipate the next episode holding my breath. Now about your recent trip to the Bay Area. Again, just totally directed at money, but I'm not upset. <laughs> your assessment is on point. Originally, I'm from the East Coast, but I've been living in the Bay for 20 years. Yes, it's difficult for black queer women to connect and establish a sense of mature community. Unfortunately, if a sister is not (laughs) racially ambiguous, super thin, wealthy, already famous, or other intangibles, the relationship making is extremely slim. Queer and and straight black women have 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 a tough go of it out here. So sad and often lonely unless you are looking to be a nurse or a purse. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's my observation. Just saying. <laughs> Sorry your experience here wasn't so satisfying. I know this from firsthand experience. Therefore, I am the love I want and need in my life. Ain't got no room for BS or game playing. Continue with all your good work. Hugs to Nikita, too. <laughs> Thank you, Maris. Yeah, uh, for your lovely email, <laughs> and and thank for your um your secondhand virtual hug. I really it really meant a lot to me, Maris. <laughs> um, I just think Nikita gets a lot of IRL love, like she's always getting hollered at. That's she, not true. She has you always getting hollered at. That's not you true. You have an a whole actual bay. That is um, true, and. <laughs> And so I just really appreciate the virtual, um, hey, money, that I get. Am, because, I, am I not worthy? Yeah. Um, the, uh, so Maris's email also reminded me of the latest episode of Bag Ladies. Shout out to the homies Lena and Stephanie at Bag Ladies. Um, and they were kind of talking about this, too, about, like, queer community. and be, But then you show up and it's like, uh, yeah, everybody's like a celebrity or a super thin 
and or you just in these spaces like identity affinity spaces it's like you think you're gonna relate to people or gonna feel like welcomed at least but then you end up feeling like um uh what am i doing here you know it's like queer folks just because we have these identities we still live under all the shit that everybody else lives under that's literally what i was about to say I mean, we got to work through our colorism. We got to work through our, um, like, fu- fucked up ideas around who's considered desirable and beautiful. Yeah, and there's there's a super, super status hierarchy. And I, sh- I shouldn't just, like, make these blanket statements. These are my experiences. My interpretations of the situations going to queer spaces out here is just, like, uh, yeah, there is a hierarchy to these queer spaces and super thin wealthy thin. already famous yeah <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah so oh i don't want to end community contributors on the struggle is real the community is real like we th- it's obviously it's shown through these emails through um me still managing to keep a friendship with nikita even though she's obviously <laughs> How how freaking dare you say manage as if it's some kind of chore. You know, I light up your life. You really do. But I can't tell you that because then you get the big head. Well, are you going to intro my segment? Yes. So, uh, unfortunately, I am on the rig. So, I have not had time to craft a one and only jingle. Um, a unique jingle, but you know, after money confused Aretha Franklin for Lisa Stansfield, maybe we just (laughs) like, maybe that shouldn't even continue. But anyway, neither here nor there. I, um, apologize for that. And Mm. I took accountability. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm making uh, (laughs) steps and measures (laughs) to um, repair the harm that I caused to the community. (laughs) Um, so I don't understand why this is still being brought up. <laughs> I guess you, you know, I'm a whole person. So I guess the, the bad that I've done can also, <laughs> also be addressed along with the good, you know, my legacy is flawed. <laughs> anyway, uh, despite her embarrassingly piss poor lack of knowledge around R&B, this segment, the mental milk. The Mental Moment with Money happens to be my personal favorite. And so The Mental Moment with Money is just a segment where money really gets to flex her therapeutic muscles. So she gives us some kind of insight, some kind of tidbit, or usually in a list or in some kind of alliterative form, (laughs) which is some kind of thing some little tidbit, something for us to nosh on. So, you know, we can be our most, our fullest, healthiest queer selves. Yes. Um, and today is no different because I got a list. <laughs> I know I you. really should. I really should start writing listicles. Today's list, uh, because this episode is going to drop just in time uh, for this to be helpful. I wanted to do a top 10 list of my suggestions for how you could be your own bay for V-Day. Oh, and you and she loves a rhyme also. <sighs> I'm not good at it, but I do love a rhyme or a near rhyme. Those are my favorites. 
Anyway. <laughs> what a what a nerd. Go ahead. <laughs> so these are my ten suggestions for yeah, being your own Valentine. I, this uh, this list was inspired by a conversation with my baby sister Nunu, who is an avid listener. So shout out to my baby sis Nunu. Shout out to Nunu. Um, yeah, and so here we go. I'll just jump right into the list. And so, um, so here's my ten suggestions. Number one, make a list. Like when you wake up in the morning, it's Valentine's Day. All right. You're about to see everybody's obnoxious posts <laughs> before you pick up your cell phone to check those apps to see who's in a relationship. Make a list of what you've learned from past relationships. Huh. Um, I think uh, that Beyonce song, um, uh, Best Thing I Never Had, like that. That is real yeah. energy that, that like it inspires you. And it um, sometimes I think I think what I get wrapped in is like getting nostalgic about the good times of the relationships and not re- remembering when they were like why they ended in the first yeah. place and how I grew and what I learned from those. That's things. right. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah. So making a list of what you learned from past relationships to start today after you finish that list. And maybe you need to put on, baby, you turned out to be the best thing I ever. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, that, I think they, I think they're perfectly fine with the original. Okay. Thank you. Shut up, Nikita. The second suggestion I have is write a love letter to yourself. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I love writing exercises. Y'all already know that. How often do you get to just like dote on yourself? Touche. I w- can I, am I allowed to add a remix here? To writing a love letter to yourself? Yeah. What would you suggest? Because you and I, you know, we like to write. But I wonder, could somebody also make like an audio recording? And then you oh, can just course. play it back to yourself later. Yes, I like that remix. Uh-huh. I learned from the best. Yeah. I, you know, I tell that a lot to my clients when um, we're doing like writing exercises in session and they like, this is cool, but I don't know when I'll have time to like sit and do this outside of session. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you have the, what is it? The voice note thing on your phone. Just yeah. do that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. My third success, suggest, my third suggestion, wear something that makes you feel desirable. That's right. Yes. My mama used to always say, well, you know, when you look good, you do feel good. When you look good, you feel good. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There's something to that, like, uh, dress, how you want to be a dress that isn't like the hotep ways that people use it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's like, you know, like I look good and can't nobody freak it like I could, you know? So it gives you that zhuzh, if you will. On my mama, on my hood. I look fly. <laughs> I look fly. I, I look, look good. good. <laughs> Touch my swag. Wish, Wish you, you could. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so now you done started your day, right? You got a list of what you learned from past relationships. You wrote a love letter to yourself, or maybe you did a voice memo. You got on something that makes you feel desirable. Now on your way out the door, listen to some music, some like music that, you know, makes you love up on yourself. That's my fourth suggestion. I actually have musical suggestions for you. So Nikita's Raggedy Behind asked uh, what R&B 
songs do they think do people think have been good in the past decade i'm like girl you know this is this is me i just don't know the old school stuff anyway tenariel i'm pretty sure that's how you say this artist's name if you listen to her music it's just like audio sex vibes i just feel so um I just feel, I just, I don't even feel like an embodied person. I just feel like an essence of beauty when I listen to her music. (laughs) You know, it's like, what is form? What is, what is skin? Like, bitch, I'm floating, right? (laughs) So uh, I'll put a link to her music in the description because I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right, Tenariel. Or, you know, my favorite. You're going to say Brent Fires. Y'all should listen. Brent fires. I mean, Chris drops. He's 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 just consistent. He don't miss. So, I mean, you just gotta hear one Brent fires falsetto, and you'll be like, I know what love is. I know what self love <laughs> is. <laughs> so yeah, check out the new album he just dropped. Fuck the world. It's amazing. Um, I had another suggestion for music that makes you feel all lovey. Oh, how could I forget? My boo, Baby Mother, she has this song called um, Blood Moon Glamour Spell on The Bastard Taste Volume 2. Yes. Hold up, bitch, I'm cute as hell. I'm so demonic, iconic, and I wear it well. Touch my body, I'm a hottie, pussy caramel. Fix my makeup in the moonlight, do a glamour spell. Shout out all the pretty bastard bitches out here raising hell. Ah! Yeah, so... (laughs) Maybe I'll put a link to all of those in the description. You so have to. to get through this list. You have okay. to. The fifth thing, buy yourself the thing you want for V-Day. People only make us feel fulfilled in like spurts. We are our primary relationships. Ooh. So don't wait on somebody else to get you the thing that you wanted for V-Day. So if you saw that Ferrero Rocher chocolate heart thing Not in the Walmart. Ferrero Rocher money. <laughs> And you was like, damn, I really wish I had a bae that would get me that for V-Day. You know what? You like, you like, I'm going to get the Lindor truffle myself. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Be your own bae. Um, Don't hold back. You are your primary relationship. Okay. My sixth suggestion. Challenge your self-talk all day. I saw this um, post on Instagram that said, uh, change the way you talk to yourself. It's really hard to love someone who talks bad to you all the time. Mm. Um, and I'm I I don't know if y'all have this, but it's like really common for me to s- talk super negative to myself. You internalize so, it. I internalize it. I make it something about me. Whether it's school, where I'm like, why the fuck I don't have a publication? Why everybody else getting publication? Blah blah blah. Um, or when it comes to like uh, Valentine's Day and everybody. Uh, appears to be in functional, healthy Key, relationships. Keyword appears. I know, because cause I'm going to see them on February 16th in, in my office. And everything's going to be I must say, I had ra- raging, flaming mess. Yeah. I have to challenge that self-talk that I tell myself in those moments. And I can't internalize what it appears that other people have. You know, it's like I don't have a deficit um, just because I am my own bae. Okay. 
Number seven, spend time with someone. Um, our dear friend Ernest has a love hater party almost every Valentine's Day. Yeah. And those are always so cute. There's always like, you know, I love a good theme, like a dress code. <laughs> 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 and it's just fun to like laugh and be around people. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing with any holiday is to just find folks that you love being around. Absolutely. Yes. Number eight, very cliche, have a massage or a pedicure, you know, whatever way you could afford to do this. Um, maybe you and a friend like swap massages. You know, I tried to give one of my friends a foot massage once because her feet was hurting, but she wouldn't let me. You know who you are and I know you listen to this. Oh, you have to um, tell me know. who that is off air. <laughs> I will. It's, you know, just like give each other massages. Why not? That seems like that could, that could go either way. <laughs> if you're Nikita Alize, yeah, <laughs> who has a track record <laughs> of oh, being in relationships with friends. Oh, but stop it. I don't. I'm just like, we we both sitting here with achy feet. We've been standing teaching all day and we sitting here blinking at each other why not that's yeah that's 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 my line too (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i'm able to maintain decorum unlike nikita no i i I think platonic tickles tickles rubs massages whatever you know it's fine if it's you know Platonic, Everything that's get fine. made so sexual. It's just like, t- not all touch is sexual. Damn, Nikita. This, this is exactly why everybody in our generation is touch deprived. Anyway. You're going to... Number nine. How long are you going to stand on this uh, soapbox? <laughs> I don't have to stand on it. It's, uh, you know, it's supported. It's backed by evidence. People touch each other less than ever in human history. What does that mean? Because we've sexualized everything. Touche. You're right. You're right. Thanks to people like you, Nikita. <gasps> wow. You think that a foot massage can't be a foot massage. No, I, no. Like I said, I, I think pl- platonic touching is fine. It's healthy. And it's absolutely. No, you don't believe in it. Because when I said I wanted a cuddle partner, you were like, what the fuck? Cut, just cuddle it? That's it? That's okay. Oh, you, <laughs> you're just exaggerating and carrying on right now. Like, no, I, I do want the listeners to know in all seriousness. No, I, I think that that's, that's fine. And that's healthy. And I, I think touch is actually, it's not about whether I think it is or not. Like, like you said, the studies show that human touch is extremely important. It's ex- incredibly important. You know, that, um, that orphan study, we like um, orphans who were just left in their crib versus orphans who were held by caregivers. Um, the babies who were held walked earlier, talked earlier, um, gained more weight. And the ones who were just left in their crib and not touched as much had failure to thrive, which basically means that they're dramatically behind where they should be for their age. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a classic study. Psychology 101. Um <sighs> Well, thank God we have somebody who has credentials on the show. <laughs> now finish your little raggedy list. 
<laughs> okay, I have two more. Um, so number nine. So this actually comes from some nerdy uh, dating research I was reading the other day too. I'm in full get ready for dissertation defense mode. So um, my brain is kind of in overdrive trying to hold on to these studies. So um, just in case folks didn't know, Tinder is constantly collecting data about you. So if you have Tinder on your phone, they know they know quite a lot about you. Um, and it's also connected to Facebook, which has literally been before the Supreme Court. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so but in, in a recent, like, graph that they put out of Tinder users, um, the statistic was 80%. 80% of Tinder users uh, name a social movement or a cause in their Twitter bios. So... My number nine is while you're perusing the dating apps on V-Day, whatever app you're using, whether it's Tinder or not, add a social movement or a cause to your bio and swipe right or up or however on that app (laughs) on someone who has a similar social movement in their bio. Um, I think this does a lot of things. Often we're just swiping based on appearance and we could be swiping away bae. And, you know, my dissertation is just about this. Like, if something hooks you enough to put it in a bio on a dating profile, that means it's it's meaningful to you. It's tied to your core values. Absolutely. And if someone else shares that, that's more likely that y'all would be compatible. Um, It doesn't have to end in a relationship. You could just make a really good new friend. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So... Add a social movement or a cause to your dating bio and then swipe on somebody who has a similar one. And last but not least, organize a Galentine's or a Quarantine's um, okay. meetup. Yeah. Uh, I love Galentine's celebrations. I saw like this really cute Instagram post about a Galentine's on February 15th that I might go to. So, so if folks aren't familiar with a Galentine's or a Quarantine's. It's basically just a friend Valentine's get together. Yeah, right? absolutely. And if, but if you're Nikita, potential bay could be at that as well. <laughs> Montanique, I mean, some of the things you say are just truly disturbing. They actually Nikita. disgust me. Nikita. I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't have to answer to any, I'm not on <laughs> trial here. <laughs> You look like you on trial, kind of. <laughs> you look guilty. <laughs> I need I need my lawyer stat. Um, yeah, so those are my suggestions for how to be your own bae for V-Day. If you have other suggestions, please put them in a hashtag, QueerWalk, QueerWOC. Like, what do you do to celebrate yourself on this day of love? You know, are you just going to be like me and pull out the rose quartz? Um, or, uh, the Unikite, you know, all the love stones, but you know, this is great. Cause I'm out of town, so I'm not going to be, um, around for Valentine's day. And I mean, not to mention my, my bae thinks it's a ridiculous holiday anyway. So it's not like one of the things that's like meaningful to us. So I'm going to do some of these while I'm away. Mm-hmm. Do something, yeah. do something nice for myself. You should. 
it's um kind of bizarre how much pressure this day puts on everybody you yeah, know it, like absolutely puts puts it on couples to do these huge displays of like see you matter to me right it puts it on folks who aren't partnered um to be like oh my gosh i need a partner um and then folks who are in like uh like poly relationships like feel like they have they have to defend to the world like their uh, right. relationship formation absolutely and it's just like yeah it's it's amazing just to, with this one little uh hallmark card holiday that started as like a a mating lottery it's really y'all should really look up the origins of valentine's day it's pretty freaky <laughs> <laughs> So if you need some other ideas on how to spend Valentine's Day. <laughs> you know what they used to do? It was like a lottery. And you would just pick um, either a guy's name or a girl's name out of out of like, a, I'm imagining like a cauldron or a jar. <laughs> <laughs> Not a cauldron, fool. And y'all would tear it up. And you have to go be together um, and make a Scorpio. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well... Self, you know, getting yourself something nice, listening to music sounds way better than picking something out of a cauldron and mating with God knows who from the village. (laughs) Or making any more Scorpios. (laughs) (laughs) We respect all of the Zodiac signs on this here uh, Queer Rock program. (laughs) I mean, sure. You know, you have a, you have a, you have a whole birth chart. You know, I'm not going to hold you. I'm not just going to damn you because of your sun sign. All right. That's it. And of course I have no idea what any of that means, but these are really great tips. And yes, please share with us using the hashtag queer WOC or queer WOC POD and tell us how you intend to spend the holiday Valentine's day. Or, um, yeah, how you intend to spend it and share with us how you actually um, spent it, what you end up doing. I'll be celebrating Frederick Douglass. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that his birthday? Yeah. Oh, my God. What to the slave is the 4th of July? He's such okay, a, <laughs> he is such a babe, too. Oh, my God. Nikita. Nikita. He was a handsome guy. Okay. My mental moment is done. I'm, oh yeah, that was a great moment. <laughs> I hate you. Beautiful moment. Beautiful moment. <laughs> Beautiful gowns. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm lost in the sauce thinking about Frederick Douglass. Lord have mercy. Yeah, let's shut up. <laughs> let's get Stop on. Stop talking, Nikita. <laughs> All right. Now we're gonna move it on along to the word with Nikita. That's that's all you're going to do, though? In this segment of Queer Walk the Podcast, Nikita breaks down um, some social justice jargon or, like, some uh, trend on uh, social media, some thing that we should be aware of as queer folks of color. She gives us, uh, like radical histories of things. It's just a really jam packed. It truly is a lecture, if you will, uh, a Marxist feminist lesbian lecture. So take it away, Nikita. (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought you were going to be like, okay, notebooks out, kids. <laughs> God, there's so much community uh, contributions on this episode. So in uh, for the word, this... with a community like ours, how could you ever feel alone? We should get that on a shirt. So going with the names here. So Roz <laughs> sent a letter. And so I want to, so in this segment for this episode, I want to respond to the letter. So I'm just going to read the letter from Roz. That's the, the nickname uh, we're going to give them. So Roz says, first of all, first of all, I love your podcast. It's giving me the words I need to be able to communicate my opinions and beliefs in a way that people actually understand and doesn't sound like gibberish. And for that, I am grateful. I even managed to change people's opinions in the course of a conversation, which I was never able to do. Oof, that's a, that's a sign that um, I'm a really good and sharp organizer. Anyway, but, um, but now on to what I'm here to ask for help for. So last year, I ran into another international student and I asked how come she's like, what brought her to my university? And she said that the university is advertised a lot in her country. And when I asked where she's from, she said she's from Israel. <laughs> the conversation ended there, <laughs> <laughs> but fast forward to right now. And it just registered in my mind that my university has ties with the occupation in Palestine and are even advertising for students there. This made me uncomfortable, and I'm starting to question if this degree is even worth it at this point. Whew, that's a topic for another day. Anyway, mm -hmm. but on a serious note, what steps can I take to make it clear to the university that as students we are against, we are against such quote-unquote friendships with the oppressive military forces currently occupying Palestine? I'm going to do some more research about the ties currently existing between my uni and the occupation so that I can have all the facts to build a solid argument. But I would like some advice on how I can go about bringing my complaints forward. Um, I realize that the states have different laws and regula regulations for such things, but any general advice would be appreciated. So I didn't, I didn't want to give the name of the university, but Roz is mm -hmm. at, um, is at a, a university in Italy. So that's, Hence the statement about, you know, the laws and things are different here in the States. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know a lot, barely anything about the state of things in Italy in terms of organizing. But I do feel like there are some general kind of, I think there are some general things that I think Roz can do, right? So, and I feel like this is a question that a lot of us tend to have around a lot of different issues, right? It's like, I care about this thing. What What are the next steps that I can do to actually engage in some meaningful action? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have four, four things came to mind when I read uh, Roz's letter. And so... A list? Wow, you're, you have really, um, you're wearing off on me. So... <laughs> The first two things are related, but the the number one thing is I think you should find out what sort of organizing, what any what sort of political organizing is happening on campus in general, right? So not just around Israel, um like you know, fighting against Israeli apartheid and occupation, but just what 
what organizations are on campus and what kind of organizing already exists because mm. like, and it's so funny, this is so timely because so much of the, the community contributions, you know, we're talking about that SU episode uh, yeah. where we talked about what was happening. And so the reason why I say this is that you can learn like what sort of battles, issues and challenges that people who are organizing on campus have already encountered going mm -hmm. up against the administration. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the second part of that is that you can find out how receptive students are to whatever things are already happening on campus. So if it's like a campus where, you know, people are organized and riled up and ready around a number of issues, it means, you know, there's like a visible presence and there's like, you know, a decent number of students who are already like amped up in like doing organizing. I would say that that gives you a good indication that like, um, you know, like people, like the infrastructure already exists for you to do some kind of organizing. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. because people are already engaged in in broad organizing work on campus, right? And so, the second, you know, part that I think that the second thing I think you should do is, you need to find other people who feel the same way that you do about this particular issue. Because I, I highly doubt that you're the only one. And it's so the thing that was interesting to me in your letter is like, I think that you you have a really wonderful start. Like you're already trying to do the research, but you can't go to and the administrator, you can't go to anybody on campus alone. Right. If you if you ever listen, you say you listen to the show a lot. And one of the things that we always stress um, is especially in organizing, but, you know, just like being a human being in the world in general is like, you never ever want to do anything alone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so it also makes, go ahead. It just also as a student organizer, it just makes you really vulnerable. If Absolutely. You're the only person. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, and so I would also, so like I said, the two, my first two points are related because if there's somebody who's already organizing, who already organizing on campus, it already demonstrates that they have some kind of broad commitment to social justice, you know, and so they're not always, I mean, cause that's another topic for another day. There's a whole, but I know at least in the States, there's a lot of people who are, you know, progressive on a lot of issues except for Palestine. So just because you're engaged in this kind of work doesn't mean that your values and principles are always going to be in line. But I do think that you're more likely if somebody's like organizing around racism, you know, or organizing against um, fascism, sexism, or some, something like that, then mm -hmm. th these are people who probably like who probably already know, not only know about um, Israeli apartheid and occupation, but have already like picked a side on it. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, you want to find people who, cause it, I, I highly doubt that it's just you on your campus. That is like, this is fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Especially if your university is actively recruiting in Israel. Cause exactly. I mean, SU also actively recruits in Israel and there's a, there's a bunch of students here that are like, that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, just the third thing is, like I said, I know that we are in two um, different contexts, but I do think it's worth um, looking up uh, SJP, and it's uh, a national 
umbrella organization here in the States. And SJP just stands for Students for Justice in Palestine. And there's a lot of SJP chapters across campuses um, in the U.S. And they have done some like really solid um, BDS work, BDS meaning boycott, divestment and sanction. So getting their universities to divest from all kinds of institutions and companies that profit off of apartheid and occupation. And so, like I said, it's a different context, but I think that that, you know, just paying attention to the work that they've done is like really, 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 um, that could be like a really useful start. So I've tried to look for, I don't know what's going on. I tried to look for the website for SJP students for justice in Palestine, students for justice in Palestine. And, um, I didn't see it, but I'll post some links to some articles about what different SJP chapters um, have done. And because you're on campus, I think that that's a good model, even if it's in a different context. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And just to reiterate, um, I, I meant to say this earlier, but just to really underscore what Money was saying about, you know, not doing it by yourself. And it's like, you know, at a, a university can write off one person. It's very easy, but you know, you, you have five people, 10 people, 50 people, a hundred people saying something, then it's harder mm-hmm. to ignore. So yeah. I just, I just remembered that. And I think that that's an important point for uh point number two, where you, you want to find like-minded um, people. So you're not doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that happens across campuses too, activists. So yeah. if you start to feel alone on your campus, I just search for like ne- nearby students too. Ooh, money! You just stole my point. So that, so I think looking at the SJP model is good. You know, even though that's here in the states, but I think you can also find what are universities that are near you that have some kind of organizing, um, some kind of BDS or um, anti-apartheid, anti-occupation organizing that's happening at other universities. Or you should also look at community-based organizations. So even if an organization is not connected to, um, like, campus, like, obviously, like, there's still some, like, basic, there's still some experience. There's a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge you can get from a community-based organization, right? And so maybe you can even, so you talk to people on your campus you find out the people who are interested, who are like, like I'm interested and I want to learn more. And then you could, if you reach out and you find like a community-based organization who's working on this, then you can invite them. Or, you know, you either can invite the community-based organization on campus or you go off campus and say, hey, I've got five other people and we want to come talk with you all because yeah. we want to we do a campaign. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like the most important thing, that, one of the most important things that I've learned about organizing is that there's just really no need to ever reinvent a wheel if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, so there's already, if there's already infrastructure, like in place somewhere, around you again whether it's at another campus or if it's off campus you want to get other people again doing things collectively to like to be able to learn from that from other people's experiences you know what I mean and you know also a big another big thing with organizing is resources so it's like you as an individual and you're a student it's like you're not going to necessarily have time to do all this stuff so that's the point of like meeting with these other people so they can say Mm -hmm. 
And they can also give you a lay of the land. So it's like, yes, you know, because I know here in the States, like the trajectory of the BDS movement in the last 10 years has been like huge. I know we talked about that in our episode. I briefly touched on that when we talked about um, the attacks on Ilhan Omar. And then when we talked about anti-Semitism and um, Zionism, and it's mm-hmm. like, there's been some like huge victories and it's like and in a lot of ways there's it's starting to be like a mainstream issue where like people like as fucked up like I remember the examples that I use as fucked up here in the states as some of the comments were around um you know the comments and statements weren't perfect from like Kamala um Elizabeth Warren and all that stuff it's like there's still like people are feel compelled to like take a side to be like okay Israel is obviously committing crimes against Palestinians right mm-hmm. and so like that is a testament to um the the growth and the shift in the movement and I say that to say that like if people have been doing this for a while then like you learn from them like what the response like what the responses from other people are and then that's important because then you learn how to combat like the arguments, like what are the common arguments that they're hearing now? And then you like steal yourself and you prepare yourself to take on those arguments. Does that make I sense? See, I see you do that a lot and I need to get better at that. It's like, what are the common arguments against um, the cause that you're fighting for? And like, how can you learn from the way people have responded to this so that you can have a response? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the last thing is this uh, last little tidbit is that so there's a website uh, it's a progressive media outlet called uh, Mondawise and I just saw it just I just did a quick Google search right so it's like I said I'm not any kind of expert and I don't want to pretend to be but there was an article from um, 2016 and I'll post a link to it um, in our show notes where there's a group there was a group of Italian students doing BDS organizing and like they had a petition going and so um, like I don't know of course I don't know where you know in the country you're located but if you just like skim through that and if you, and you have a better sense of like where like how far these people and these organizations and these universities are from you so like that's a good concrete step you know, to say, okay, let me just like peruse this list, even though it's four years ago, it don't hurt to try to reach out to people, um, who are, who are near you, you know? Mm. So those are just some like, um, quick ideas I had on how, how to get something going, how to get something collective and organized on your campus where it's not just you, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was so helpful. Well, I mean, for me, like listening to you, but yeah. Right. So Roz, let us know, you know, write us back and let us know um, what you end up doing. And if you have more questions and if if this was helpful and or clarifying, I hope it was. Or if we have any more Italian listeners who are (laughs) in support of Palestine who would like to reach out to Roz. Let them know they are not alone. Oh, my God. Yeah, we would absolutely love to connect. Yeah. Connect some radical baddies. All right. You the shit or whatever. Oh, you love me. All right. I said you love me. Now we're going to move it on along. Montanique. To Montanique. our topic segment. Montanique Moet. Um, <laughs> so... 
our topic segment. It's just the segment of the podcast where we talk about everything that doesn't fit into our other segments. So, you know, this time we have a submitted topic. You know what? Y'all are my Valentines. Every community contributor who made this episode possible. Just thank y'all so much. This was such like um, a community contributor studded episode, was it not? It was. Yeah. Y'all really came through. Wow. But this see, I hope this shows that y'all really are the um the engine that keeps this train on the tracks. Uh, Come okay. on, ride that train. And ride it. Choo choo. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> All right. So can I read it? Yes. Go right ahead. Okay. Broke hoe from Omaha. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? This is the, oh, sorry, the broke great hoe from Omaha. And that's in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> you feel so proud. <laughs> I do. Just have a couple of questions regarding dating that I would love to hear you two's views on. Living together question. Would y'all want to split bills 50-50? <laughs> I know what you think about. <laughs> uh, one, pay the majority of the bills or all. Dating in general. How important is financial responsibility? Not how much they make, um, but as in how they manage it. Savings, question. Um Bad spending habits, question, etc. Could could that be a deal breaker for y'all? Thanks, uh, broke great hoe. <laughs> Nikita, Nikita, do you want to start? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna start with the second question first about dating. Yeah, the financial responsibility more broadly. I just feel like I feel like. Because I'm in the longest relationship I've been in, like this, the the current relationship that I'm in is the longest one I've ever been in. I don't uh-huh. actually feel like I have. I don't have never really thought about this. Like it's something I've like thought about in passing, but I've never like really thought like, wow, I really need to. Like I need to make sure that our approaches to money the way we think about money is like similar um mm-hmm. and as i and i feel like for the i've thought about it as i get older um and you know this is um somebody who i love and i care about and you know we want to be in our be in each other's lives in the future and whatnot so it's, i feel like for the first time I feel like I've like ser- I'm seriously thinking about like the future, and so I feel like this is mm. the first time in my life where I've thought about it. And not only, and it's so funny because like we joke about it and talk about it now, like uh, me and the Bay. It's like neither one of us are like keen. Like n- n- we feel no hurry to move in together at 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 all. And I've never. That has always been like a sticking point for me. I think I might have talked about this on the show in the past. I've just never had the desire to live with a partner. And I just feel like because of how society works, I feel like that is the way. I feel like that's usually the clearest way that you get to observe um, 
like how you think and like how you yeah how you all think about and deal with money um but um i guess i i think i've thought about money now in my in the context of my um current relationship just because our class backgrounds are also so dramatically different and i i don't think that that has necessarily been the case in like my, my past relationships so it's like mm. that's that's something yeah. I think that's one of the reasons in you in addition to us like this feels like a long term and I'm I'm in a relationship that I'm like I want to be in for the long haul but beyond mm-hmm. that I'm like oh like we we approach money differently again because we have these very different class backgrounds yeah and so mm-hmm. I'm like it's I feel like it's been brought to the forefront of my mind in that regard yeah mhm agreed I for I think that because of my past experiences with money and dating, I think it's it's important for me that we have similar class backgrounds. Mm. Um, not that it's a deal breaker, but I think the way I think about um, stability, I don't I don't really care about like somebody having savings or whatever because uh, you can't take it with you, right? But it's like as long as as long as you have stability in the way that you need to have it yeah um to feel i don't know like secure enough like without me um i think that's fine for me it's not a deal breaker uh if somebody doesn't have like savings and all that stuff (laughs) shit i barely got savings but it's like really important to me that we share like this commonality around class background it's just like a very important cultural experience, I think. Oh, absolutely. Me. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And I don't know. Like I don't I've never dated anybody who has like a different who who wasn't raised like working class. Yeah. Like m- maybe their family is like new money, you know? <laughs> like like they just yeah. they just got like out of the working class recently, but um yeah, everybody knows what it, it was like for things to not not always be good guaranteed. financially. Yeah, 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 right. So, um, I mean, I yeah. I think your point about savings is so. So I feel like this is something I think about a lot. Um, so, um, so. I, like I've said before, I'm, I'm doing an apprenticeship, so I'm still an apprentice. And so because of the nature of our work, so like, um, like, so right now I'm in a busy season, so I'm just going to be working, 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 working. But then there's also lulls. There's these like low periods. So, but Mm -hmm. it's like you, it's like, especially when you like journey out, meaning when you become like a journey person, you're making like the full rate. So right now I'm just making a percentage of whatever the journey person makes. And so, but the wages are, you know, it's union. So like the wages are good to where like you work, you're working like four or five months straight. And a lot of, like a lot of the dudes I work with, like they take the summer off. And it's like, because the money is so good. Like, but, but one of the things that, the old guys always tell me and then like something that they're really trying to like hammer home with us apprentices is like, you got to save. And so like they, they brought somebody in the other day to talk about savings. And it was so interesting because I was in like, you know, it's kind of like the typical sort of financial, what do they call it? 
um, financial planning, financial uh, manager. Yeah, all, all that stuff. So they brought somebody in from a local mm-hmm. bank to tell us that, and I'm like, I just this okay, is sorry this this is the first job. This is probably this is actually probably the, only the second job in my adult life where that's like it's possible. Like for, exactly, you know, it's like in the past, it's like I you, saving is about having. I mean, this is like a no brainer, but saving is like you you have to have some kind of money to save. Exactly, exactly. Like the the job when I was like working at the you know our local worker center that was the first job in my life where I had a um a living wage and that was that was probably the most and that was what like three years ago so it's like only towards like late twenties did I start to make the kind of wages where it was even fathomable for me to think about saving up until then it's like i've i've had precarious work and i've had low pay you know low low paying work you know the kind of jobs where it's like where you're switching off every other month i'm gonna pay this this month and next month i'm gonna do it and it's like there's no saving that was gonna happen when i was working at those low-wage jobs because you're just not making enough and i I remember there's some statistic where it's like even when the guy came in to do the like financial planning whatever they have some outrageous statistic where it's like 60 to 70 percent of americans don't have enough saved up to live because to live like past a couple of paychecks yeah so that's that's why savings is just not important to me so i still don't have a livable wage and yeah so i I can't save i can't save my way out of it like i can't save my way out of poverty (laughs) exactly exactly so it's like that that's not a particular that's not like a deal breaker because i you know i understand that we're living and operating um, under capitalism. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way about bad spending habits. Like I can't, I like, I can't tell somebody what to buy in order to um, experience joy under capitalism. (laughs) It's just like, uh, like I know a whole bunch of people might think that me spending money on crystals is a bad spending habit because it, they're pretty rocks, you know, but it's like, these are the things that keep me going. These yeah. are the things that fuel me. Um, yeah. So I feel like as long as, as long again, stability for me is like key. So as long as, as long as you good, spend your money on whatever you want to spend your money I on. Think, I think, I mean, this is all just conjecture because I haven't like, you know, lived it in any kind of like real way. I think, I think, yeah, for me, it's like do whatever, you're grown, but it's like the minute that it impacts, yeah, the the ability to to like function and to like be stable. Yeah, I think right. that's when I would be like, yikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, as far as like going on dates, as a general rule, I just think the person who initiated should pay. So it's like if I. If I say, let's go to so-and-so, like, I'm assuming that I'm going to pay. Yeah, that's my rule. That's my, like, rule for dating. Like, if you initiate, you pay. I think my, I think I use the old Marxist slogan, from each according to their ability to each according to their needs. So it's like, I mean, I think I even do this with friends. So it's like, if I have the ability to pay, like, I mean, I, yeah. I, I treat my friends all the time. Like, if I got it. And then when I don't got it, you really do like y'all treat me. So I feel like I do the same. 
I feel like I do the same um, in relationships. And so like that dovetails yeah. with the 50-50. I mean, the reality is. I think splitting things 50-50 is uh, like good, a notion, a good notion, but it doesn't make sense practically. In theory, like, yeah. It, yeah, it's like I'm. I make pennies. You have. <laughs> you are like you make the quarters. head chef at a booming <laughs> restaurant. Um, you you need to. Uh, you need. It can't be fifty fifty. Yeah. You know, like if if I'm bringing home twelve hundred a month and you're bringing home uh six thousand a month. Yeah. Like why why are we splitting the rent fifty fifty if we live together? Ex- yeah, absolutely. You know? I think it should be proportionate. I agree from each according to their ability to each according to right. their need. Yeah. Right. Or um, like something that my sister has done because I, I haven't really lived with partners. So something that I've seen my sister do is like um, you make more than me. So you're going to take the rent. Right. Like the most expensive bill or maybe it's the yeah. car insurance or whatever. Um, and I'll pay the power bill and the phone bills because I make less than you. So it's like, again, it's proportionate. Right. So, like, what bills can you afford with your income and what can I pay for us with my income? Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, I've heard some stories, though, like, so, like, because it's like, again, so I I guess I I should be honest here because sometimes I feel like a hypocrite because it's like, on the one hand, I totally understand all the, the way that capitalism structures low wages, employment, unemployment. But, and it's, and you know, you think about like disability, like who, who can work and who can't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, like I know some folks who like one person has been paying like all the bills. <laughs> And somebody else is not paying nothing. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> and and this is like where I think about my mama. Like, because I think, because, you know, my mom was a single mom. And she used to get so mad. And I didn't understand just because I was a brat. But she used to get so mad when she would come home. And she'd be like, you don't, she's like, I don't ask you for much, Nikita. She's like, but mm-hmm. these chores... She's like, it just, it used to piss her off. And I, as of course, as an adult, I'm like, I get it now. But she was like, I asked you to vacuum. I asked you to wash the dishes and do the laundry. And you didn't do it. And so, and so I'm also, I feel like I'm kind enough, not kind enough. I feel like it's a part of my values and principles to think about contributions in other ways. But like, exactly. You, and this, I don't know if this is like, reactionary conservative but i'm like we just not finna be adults and you not contributing nothing nothing i I can't i can't do that i have so many uh friends who have raised their partners you know it's like yeah like you 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 doing everything you taking you you not only like earn what it takes to like run the household but then you also maintain the household and then i'm i'm just thinking about like damn this is what this is the number one problem that I see when I'm doing like couples therapy is a imbalance in um labor. Yeah. In the relationship. And so it's like if if I'm if I'm earning what covers the bills, like how else can you contribute? Right. <laughs> if it's not monetarily. Like I shouldn't have to 
I shouldn't I shouldn't have to come home and then like clean everything too. Prepare meals. Pre- yeah, yeah. You take yeah. care of children or if there are mm-hmm. you know, if there's children mm-hmm. around. So like Yeah. That that yeah. that b- boils my blood. I, I yeah. Oof, oof. I'm mm-hmm. trying I'm trying not to I'm trying not to be messy. <laughs> I, I when I read that I I bust out laughing because I just thought of a classic example of, <laughs> <laughs> of this. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is how I feel now. Who's who's to say what it'll be like if... I, I, I definitely do want... It would be nice to have somebody to split these bills with. So I think I do want to cohabitate. I really admire and appreciate um, you and Jaffe for like... I want to say like resisting the resisting the social pressure to cohabitate as a couple. Yeah, because it's just like that's on the relationship escalator, right? Like, oh, y'all are serious, then y'all need to live together. Oh, um, y'all don't live together. What's wrong with y'all? It's like no, this. I mean, it's, those are not the only ways to be intimate. I mean, it's a social pressure, but as you're like alluding to just a minute ago, it's also very much a material pressure. Like, yeah. so I was like, my babe, like she comes from a different class background and she makes more than me now, but both of us, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I feel like I've been debating it, but for the most, for the most part, I mean, her definitely, but both of us can afford to live by ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like, people also rush into it. Cause it's just like, it's expensive Yeah, to live apart. Yeah. Maybe have, like, some kind of breakup clause for, like, so <laughs> if the relationship falls apart and we're still living together, you know, out of, like, necessity or whatever. Yeah. Um, Like, what happens? Like, do, does the dynamic change with yeah. who's contributing what? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear, you know, people should share, you know, what they're able and willing to share. But I would love to hear from <laughs> others how they are currently navigating, you know, money and relationships and or how they have done it in the past. Yeah, I want to know, too, because I'm like, oh, this is how I feel right now as a, you know, really, really struggling paycheck to paycheck. Um, Thanks to Nikita uh, treating me to dinner as frequently as she does. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know doctoral student but it's like i wonder how it will change when my like relationship or like economic uh situation mm, changes, changes. touche so, yeah yeah let us know hashtag queer walk woc all righty all right nikita it's time to wrap it on up with the curved 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 chronicles yes. The Curve Chronicles is the segment where we talk about our dating woes and wins as queer women of color. Or you can also submit your dating woes and wins at QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. And we can read them and y'all can get some feedback from us right here on the podcast. All right. Nikita, do you have a Curve Chronicle? Um, I'll share a quick one. Because you get so many. That's not it's true. like just the list. Do you have to pull out your notebook of where you keep track of them all? Oh, I, come on. It's the 21st century. I just use my phone notes app. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Um, See, she get she get a haircut, and then the whole Eastern Seaboard don't know how to act. Do you think... Oh, my God, Nikita! 
<laughs> Whatever. Um, I was doing laundry tonight at the laundromat, and this drunk old man, drunk middle-aged black man, <laughs> was shooting his shot so hard, and his daughter was in there, and he was just like, excuse me, miss. He was like, what's your name? And I was like, Nikita. He was like, Kakita. I was like, and his daughter was like, Nikita. He was like, let me take you out. And his daughter was killing me. She was like, this nigga can't even take me to dinner. He was like, she was like, how are you going to take somebody else out? And she was like, daddy, just shut up. And she was like, leave her alone. She don't want nothing to do with you. And, he, and I had this big thing of laundry. He was like, let me carry your bag out for you. And I was like, I got it. And she was like, she got the bag, daddy. <laughs> she's she's like he just he just a drunk old man just let let that girl do her laundry in peace <laughs> so you missed out on your valentine <laughs> uh, what i tell her what he say because he's like hey, i shouldn't even tell you all this but he was like how old are you 40 50 i was like sir i don't look no 40 or 50 years old no he tried it he was like, you got some kids? He was like, you just look like you need some love, girl. I was like, sir. I was like, you, I was like, you are barking up the wrong tree. You know, I just feel like that's, I feel like that's 90% of my curves are old, crusty men. Yeah. Old men. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Something about you, Nikita. Just wets their whistle. Oh, oh I don't want to have any part of anybody's, any old man's wetness or whistle. I tell you that right now. <laughs> anyway you got any curve chronicles money i don't all right i just have uh wild thoughts and dangerous dangerous crushes that's Ooh. it how you gonna leave us with that little tidbit something to titillate come back for episode 81 <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um i think we have completed a program i think yes. so so when I'm not getting hollered at by old uh, drunk men and when money, you know, decides to just tease us with a Curve Chronicle, this is why we need you all to send your Curve Chronicles to QueerWalkPOD at gmail.com. So you can you tell can us also, your dating, woe or when. You can also just like DM them to us on like Instagram or Twitter too. And remember, yeah. folks, Money and I both see those um, messages, so. no, Nobody has ever tried to uh, shoot their shot in the Queer Walk DMs. I don't know why Nikita's doing this right now. They, abs- they absolutely have, and I vividly remember yeah. saying, do these listeners know that I can see these messages too? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. I'm not going to put you on blast. But anyway, please keep I... your... Money has a private Twitter she has her own <laughs> inbox. Feel free to flood that and not the no, one that you we know share what you, together. Y'all go ahead and flood the Queer Walk Pod at, at whatever on whatever <laughs> app. Because you know what? Nikita, <laughs> Nikita deserves to see me being loved out loud. <laughs> is, that what they, is that what they call voyeurism? Watching people get loved out loud? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a reframe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, money. All right, y'all. Shut up, Nikita. This has been money. The mo wet the whistle. Stop.
this has been money. Nikita, I'm cutting I'm cutting all of this, just so you know. Stop it, girl. It's midnight. This has been money. And this has been Nikita. Your friendly neighborhood haircut hottie. And you just listened to Queer Walk the Podcast. And Nikita is disgustingly wagging her tongue. <laughs> oh, money, why would you lie to the listeners? I mean, that's just uncouth. Nikita, cut this shit off. Ha, ha, ha.